Namaste, everyone, and welcome to the Jai Bhakti Yoga podcast, where we share information on all things yoga, Ayurveda, and well-being lifestyle. I am excited to share these resources, insights, interviews, and so much more as we grow together on this wonderful journey of well-being. I am your host, Christina Andrini, founder of Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation and JBYU School of Yoga and Ayurveda. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our blog on Tumblr, as well as to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all the fun social media channels where we share some of the tips and insights and resources from our podcast and vice versa on here. Now let's go ahead and begin with today's episode. I, I just appreciate you you making the time. You know, you do you do so much to um, just to, to I, I see everything that you do. And I'm telling you, you know, aside from let me just say this, Christina. Okay, so being being a uh, we were Christina and I were classmates together. Um, we're still both attending uh, classes at MIU, but I'm uh, attending them in, per, uh, in person on campus now. Um, real quick, hey Travis, what's up, man? Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, um, and Lisa as well. Thank you so much. I uh, we're gonna have a great discussion tonight. I'm really excited. Um, but yes, I. I can't tell you the level of appreciation that I that I have for and admiration I have for you. Um, you know, now that I've started to venture into, I feel some of the like a, a similar trajectory with with like having different different ventures um, and building a real sense of like something something special and to do that on top of school you know because that was not something in my um it was something that i was it was more of an, an abstract idea at that point you know um so now just seeing everything that you do makes me just think wow <laughs> on top of how how much you contributed in our class and how insightful you are I just I'm at a loss so I just want you to know you rock I, I always <laughs> told you that but you are you are a badass let me Thank just say <laughs> um yeah so, it's so yeah. well Christina I wanted us to um I wanted our topic of discussion today to be about yoga, and I think a really great way to head that off might be for you to just give an introduction to um, to yourself and your um, your journey with yoga, and what just some of the things that it has brought into your life. Oh, that's a that's a heavy duty question. <laughs> And, uh, and so much to share about it. So I am Christina Andrini, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us this evening and being a part of this conversation. And um, I live currently in New Orleans. I am a bilingual yoga teacher. 
I specifically focus mostly on the philosophy of yoga, on bhakti yoga, and I also infuse Ayurveda into our entire program. Actually, I'm in the midst of our promotion right now for our Ayurveda yoga teacher training, which we have a cohort and we have a self-paced version of it. And I utilize yoga as a platform for myself to really evolve. And each day is an evolution of my highest self. And I always say, seek the highest first. And it's been something that we've learned in our course of study as well. But even more so, it has been the effervescence of how we even infuse our own being and our way of life. And yoga offers a map way to navigate these waters. And these waters are held within ourselves. And so they, they uh, were called channels or shrotas or nadis. And we utilize this energy to move energy. We take in, consume energy from around us, and then we allow it to materialize. And so yoga for me has been a solace for overcoming many personal struggles and also seeing that it's something that can help others with the same similar struggles that I've had and overcome them. And I come from a background of depression and I come from a background of abuse. And so for me, utilizing yoga to nurture the, the, the areas of self-care and self-awareness has been the proponent, not only just from the physical aspect, but to the space of where I feel spiritually connected is, it's almost to a space where nowadays, I, I almost feel like I walk like I'm floating because I just feel so connected to to earth, to mother, prakriti, my being, my essence. And I also am very well aware of my vrikritis. I'm very well aware of what are my imbalances and what are the roots of those imbalances. And that's a hard conversation to have with yourself. Yoga gives you the ability to find the compassion within yourself to face those struggles on a day-to-day basis. And in my particular way of yoga that, I, that I've learned and the lineages that I've gone and, and learned under, I have been really fortunate in the respect to have incredible teachers along my way that have been able to really nurture and foster those areas for me and open them up to a space where now I appreciate anatomy and myofascial systems and and how the myofascial system works and to see things from such a wider lens than from a very finite lens. Yoga has given us me the ability to see that from many aspects but what's most important is the personal, my professional, and my spiritual walk. And that has been how yoga for me has been a wholeness and has been an embodiment, really. And being able to share that in two languages is an amazing attribute that I continue to do. And really, my life mission right now is to leave a legacy behind of being able to transform lives one breath at a time one nurturing moment at a time and one evolutionary progression at a time. Oh my gosh, beautifully stated. Thank you 
so much. I um, I really appreciate that too. You know, I've gotten to know some of your your experiences and your your background and what what this practice means to you. But I just really appreciate you opening up opening up and um, you know what you said about it being a way for us to explore our our daily evolution and and tune in. What where is my body right now? What can I do to what you know what feels what might be feeling off what needs some a little more attention today that element you know that's something that has helped me so much in my day-to-day routine and also as 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 a new yoga practitioner working on new asanas has just given me a really fulfilling way to work towards achieving mastery every day through small wins and that's just it's it's an amazing feeling you know to be able to you know there are some there are some asanas like i have a lot that i'm that i'm working with still like i have a lot of um mobility restrictions that i'm that i'm addressing now um and yoga has played such an integral role in that and um it's just allowed me a really great way to connect with my with my body and uh to root myself in the present and that's really the foundation for for any change is to have that that uh present moment awareness because that's where all of our all of our power is our creative power and um I am so thankful to be learning about Ayurveda as well. As Christina said, um, there are so many different elements that connect our, um, not just our mind, uh, body and spirit in the sense of, let's say, connecting with ourselves through movement, but also um, the individual this may be a topic for a future episode as well, but um, the doshas, the three doshas that are, you know, they are they exist in everything in our in our universe, and those uh, those three doshas are composed of elements that create every single thing, whether it's in nature, um, you know, cycles of seasons have a doshic influence. Today is. Saturday or Vata Day, as I like to call it, because my that's actually why I'm wearing red to try to counteract that a little bit. Um, but yes, so I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I, I'm curious, so what specific yoga um, background or what, um, what yoga, I don't want to use the word modality, but what, um, what lineage are you, do you practice? It was bhakti. So I practice a combination of, I've studied many along my journey. I've been, been a teacher since, I've been practitioner since 2007, and uh, I've been teaching just pretty much along since 2012 professionally. And um, the lineages that I've actually studied under have been, of course, bhakti, but mainly the three main lineages, which have been the Hatha Yoga, and then our Ashtanga Yoga and Iyengar. And so from the three, then I've also grown to love Kundalini Yoga very much, Jiva Mukti, and I have taken 
this infusion of learning more of the Shivananda and stayed in the ashram for quite some time and um, learned to live ashram life. And so having less is more and being able to fully embrace that moreness of just being in nature, just being in a wholeness and oneness. And Shivananda Yoga actually really gives you a strong foundation of that. It gives you this foundation of the basics and then from there you you, you grow. And like that, so are the Maharishi Yoga Asanas, which we are now becoming very, very well versed in and very excited to be a part of in the coming year, um, assisting in that as a TA for that program at MIU. So that's always um, something I find very valuable because we focus mainly on the eight limbs. And and I, like I said, I come from many, many backgrounds of yoga and I've learned a lot from extremely incredible teachers. And my uh, chanting teachers have been Russell Paul and Jai Tal, which are very well-known names. And uh, Jai Tal gave me my name, Jai Bhakti, at the 11-11-11 festival in Florida. And so he means so much to me. And um, our whole community really does. But the yoga lineages are a root foundation. And there's a, a yoga lineage tree that I'd be happy to share it with you. And you can share it with your community as a resource. And it's something I share with my yoga teacher in their yoga teacher training so they can see where the root comes from and then how the root emerges and grows into these many different branches but there's always that tree trunk and there's always the roots there's always the foundation and that foundation never changes it just evolves just like we evolve and yoga gives us the opportunity to really embrace and see that and be able to take on the varieties of different yoga lineages and so of course it stemmed out into trauma yoga and so I've taken many trainings and then started leading trauma yoga teacher trainings for connected warriors for veterans and first responders in the military um, and their families and then we've also taken it to even sexual trauma and then with partnerships with the prison yoga projects and then we've also worked a lot with our shelters women's shelters and homeless and so we utilize yoga as more than just a physical asana practice but it also encompasses this is the mind-body connection and the breath work. So there's like the trinity, there's the trifecta, and we have like Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, and we also have the trinity of wind, the vayus, and Vishnu being the air that we breathe, prana, the life force energy. We can look at Brahma as the creator of the universe, creation, all of oneness, wholeness. The essence of our being really is the Brahma within, so we are the divine life. And when we say namaste, we are literally saying, I honor the light within you. And then we have Shiva, who is the destructive force, which is our ego self. And where we find ourselves battling the human versus the spiritual. We've heard Nikki Myers and many other yoga teachers say, you know, we're spiritual beings, uh, living human experiences. And this is somewhat true, as Dr. Tony Nader has mentioned to us as well, through consciousness and the ocean of consciousness and how we find ourselves in these spaces. And as long as, as well as we've learned in the yoga sutras and yoga with Patanjali from the first four, that really breaks down and pretty much embodies the end, everything that we're going to ever learn about yoga within the first four sutras of the yoga sutras. <laughs> and so, you know, we take all of this in 
And I take it all in and I make it really easy for us to understand. But I also live this practice. I live this lifestyle. And it's something that has changed my life for the better. And I highly encourage people to take bite-sized steps. This does not happen overnight. The language of Sanskrit doesn't come overnight. You will start to hear words like shrota and nadis and chakras and shavasana, kundalini, all of these different words that really sound very interesting to you, but the words in and of themselves have healing qualities. It's the Sanskrit, which is the greatest language of the world ever written because it has immediate correlation with our energetic channels, which happen to be aligned with the shrotas, which happen to live within the spinal cord, which is housed within the vertebra column, the vertebra. And with that, the vertebra has these little filaments that come out from them and wraps around like big hugs. And that's the energy of prana that goes throughout our entire body when we breathe. You know, it's, it's incredible that that Sanskrit has those, those properties and that, that essence, that enlivening quality that you can, you can say a word and it's just there. It's, it's immediately having a palpable, um, effect. Like you don't need to know the translation of the words. Like that's why I've really loved listening to the, um, have you, have you checked out the Maharishi Veda app? It's, um, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I, that is powerful stuff right there. You're talking like, to Christina. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it is, it, it's just, it's interesting because it's a whole new realm of, um, of, I would say sensory, um, integration that isn't often, um, looked at, you know, we could, we could akin it to like um sound therapy or um even like singing bowls right um there are some similar aspects there where you're actually raising um you're enlivening some quality that could be used to help bring the body as you started to mention you know to a state of homeostasis and that finding whatever cycle of self-regulation um, you know, in any combination of things like the Ayurvedic daily routine has a ton of different um, different things that are catered to to facilitate that connection with consciousness and live a life that is um, is joyful and and where you you don't feel you know attached to like you said less is more you know really when we embrace that our inner self and and know that you know when we avoid that attachment it is, it is so key and it's just a, it's a practice um and the more again this like probably a topic for another day but it's like this is all you know ayurveda is is all about aligning the physiology with um with its natural state of healing of expansion and and health self-sustained health and these prevention um i wanted to add that so currently i am in a teacher training program for something called steel mace vinyasa and it has been an absolutely incredible experience so far and what essentially this is is it's it's designed to merge the strength building and yoga worlds 
and it has some some roots in different um, yoga. Um, it, it's it like for example, you mentioned Iyengar and um, Ashtanga. Like those are both um, influences for uh, steel mace vinyasa, and um, it's really great because it allows people who are unfamiliar, like whether you have a yoga background or an athletic background, like an ex-weightlifter or someone who hasn't, um, hasn't, doesn't have experience with either. It offers a way to, um, to develop this mind-body connection that we so desperately need um, and to, that we must constantly check in with. Um, and the main practice, the main focus of steel maze vinyasa is actually achieving a flow state, which is the seamless merging of action and awareness, which I haven't looked into. I know that it, it that this affects brain waves. I'm not sure if it's the same alpha one coherence that that TM increases, but it conceptually sounds very similar and it has been really just incredible um and i've been posting um some of the things that i've been learning and just honing in these new movement patterns and i really feel that this this is the it is such an effective means for not only strengthening strengthening the body and developing that mind-body connection but allowing so many different regressions you can you can have a an unloaded you do these loaded asanas and then you your body stores that um that myofascial memory and you are able to then have greater range of motion when you proceed to unloaded asanas and it's just it's just incredible i can't wait to share more um i believe matt had a question so um let's see which yoga asana resonate resonates with you the most and why and if you had to recommend a core asana to everyone as a foundation what one would it be oh that's an excellent question it is a wonderful question, Matai. Thank you so much for asking it. So I would, I'm going to start with the second one, and then I'm going to go to the first one. So if you had a recommended, a core asana, which one would it be? It would be a foundational asana to start with. I am a hands down 100,010% sun salutation A girl foundational a thousand percent your sun salute and i have an entire tutorial on them i've got hundreds of classes on just sun salutations on my youtube channel at jai bhakti yoga foundation that you can go on and do them with me from beginner in a chair basic and on a wall and i give you a million different ways of integrating it because like CP's classes that he's taking with strengthening the foundation, the core that we talk of when we say core, we're working on the front and the back body. That is your core. And so your tummy and your, your lower back, your tummy needs to be very tight. It needs to be toned in every single pose that you do. And asana literally means that seat. Sukhasana, easy pose, seated meditation pose is 
the literal translation of asana because you're just sitting and being still. And when you're in the stronger foundational poses, such as plank pose, plank is one of my go-to 100% poses. I will have my students hold that pose for two minutes and they will do it either on hands or on their forearms. You grow into the two-minute measure. So you can start with your knees, etc. And we go through the tutorials, etc. with that. But you want to build the foundation of doing your sun salutations, which helps to enliven the intelligence in the body. Is as, as, as soon as you wake up in the morning, it's the movement of opening up the lung capacity, folding forward, adding flexion and extension to the spine, getting some twisting and rotation going in there, as well as I would even maybe even sneak in a little sun B, which is adding the lunges and the chair pose. Those are my foundations. I do not deter from them. I will break them up in a class so that us to not be so monotonous. So we're not always doing sun A and sun B consistently, which we do find in Ashtanga. We do five A's, five B's, and then we do the flow. But for Hatha Yoga, tend to break all of these up, but we do have this classic Sun A series that we, we offer, and we also do it in the Shivananda, and we also do it in Vinyasa. And so you'll find that we can regress and start lowest to the ground, so really rooted, start with the knee down on the lunges, etc., and then start to grow and evolve into those what we would call higher states of consciousness, but you are higher states of your practice and so over time you have you if you evolve into the body in different aspects so like, oh i feel a little deeper in this in this pose today i want to go a little bit more stretch i'm going to lengthen my leg more i'm going to widen my stance i'm going to shorten my stance i'm going to open my stance my go-to's every single day i do my maharishi yoga asanas religiously every single day Every single day before TM, it is a mandatory. It helps prepare me along with the Sukha Pranayama or what we call in um, classic yoga, the pran, um, Nadi Shodna or Alanuma Alomana Tankrister Aloma Baloma, which is t- covering the right nostril, inhaling through the left, tapping the left, and then exhaling through the right. And then that way, when you incorporate these Matai, you're able to create more of a foundation for yourself and then begin to grow from there. But always incorporate that plank, which is known as the Chaturanga Dandasana, the four-limb staff pose that lowers down to the earth, and then you pull forward and you open. And I, my sister always says, and I flow open with pride, and she just opens her heart with pride when you come up into that into that cobra pose. And so that would be my go-tos for you, and you're welcome to message me directly if you have any more questions. I hope that answered it, darling. Awesome. Thank you. And um, I love Sun A, and I'm, I'm working on Sun B, but um, it's a great transitional pose as well between between other asanas. You know, it gives a really good opportunity for us to, to check in and, um, and just explore our body further. And um, I do want to interject, and I do want to say something really quickly about the sun salutations because I know that a lot of yoga teachers, uh, about 90% of yoga teachers utilize the sun D as the main transition to go from closed hip 
to open hip. Okay. I really want people to be very, very mindful that you're to abstain from going directly from warrior one into warrior two. Now, if you're going to go into warrior two, you're going to want to stay in open hip poses for quite a long duration of time on that one side before closing the hip again to face forward and then do it on the other side. Why? Because when you're going into the pelvic girdle, especially the hip flexors, and you start to move the bones and the joints around, you got to be very, very careful as we start to age. A, your hip points, one might be higher than the other, and B, you might actually pull something as opposed to refine something just by simply opening and closing the hip because you're also working through the coccyx and the lower part of your lumbar spine and the coccyx is fused but the lumbar spine is what adds the movement so being very mindful of that lower back opening so as to prevent any injury as opposed to add to it so that's just my little something to keep in mind when you're in your trainings and in your practices no matter what they say you got to be very very aware of the anatomy of the body and how these move parts move because the if it's if it's overcompensated it's going to pull and you will hurt yourself so be mindful of closed and do all closed hip poses warrior three warrior one high lunge eagle pose everything that's a closed hip or coming into adduction and then anything that's abduction open it up that's that's an invaluable point right there and um it is very important to build a good foundation and open and closed hip um asana and also um you know you mentioned the core earlier and what we what i've learned is that uh you know we can tie in the core and and cinch everything together in such a way that we're creating stability um for for these different movements so you know and i I actually just released a video with a great exercise that will that you can walk through to uh, learn how to identify each of these individual parts and uh cinch them all together and have that be a way to have a rock solid rock solid base as you prepare for any movement but essentially oh please share it sure yes so you have your um at the base of your pelvis i'll go ahead and stand up very briefly so you have your pelvic floor muscles now to if you were to activate these you would think about stopping the flow of urine and when these muscles contract they weave together like a basket and rise up and so that is the first that's the first major player of the inner core the second we have the transverse abdominis which wraps around like a uh, weight belt right here from front to back. And uh, hey, you've got some more people joining in. Awesome. And um, we have the external obliques. So to activate these, you would want to think about creating like thickness in the side of your torso right here. For the transverse abdominis, think about drawing your navel in towards the back of your spine. And also, breath is just so important during any any movement. You, it it can it can vary. You have different types of breath that I'll explain after this. But um, the last, uh, lastly, you have your uh, spinal rectors, your paraspinals here, and you know your lower back 
muscles, that, that is part of your core. And people tend to just think like, oh, it's like, you know, rectus, rectus abdominis or maybe my obliques, but it's so much more than that. And um, when you can individually piece those components apart, and then for that, you would just imagine um, sitting straight up in a chair and you'll feel those fire. So when you can practice isolating those individually and then pulling them together, that is going to make such a difference in your your power with loaded movements, your, your performance, your, your ability to flow uh, seamlessly without power leakages from one, from one movement to another. And it's just going to make all the difference when it comes to injury prevention and um, and just having a, a, a practice that feels more solid. And then as far as, as breath, um, we have, there, there are many different ones. The ones I, I'm primarily working with, we have an, um, an ujjayi uh, breath where we are uh, breathing in through the nose and uh, breathing out through the nose and making like a ha sound at the back of the throat when we exhale. So we'll do this a lot for unloaded asanas. We'll breathe in. Yep. And we also have a um, power level breath where we'll do this a lot with loaded movements. And we will breathe in deeply through the nose and then create a some intra-abdominal pressure as we as we exhale through the mouth. So that's going to be really helpful for generating power and stability while you're moving and grooving. Yes, I think it's really important. As we wrap up here, we will definitely come on again, and we are going to be talking much more in-depth about pranayama and how it is very important to utilize that within your yoga asanas as well as in your daily day um, activities because the breath is key to purification and also for stability within the core because you're working through the abdominal contraction and the expansion along with the diaphragmatic breathing. And so it's really important that when we are practicing the postures, that intentional contraction within the lower abdominals when we're breathing, exhaling specifically, is what gives us that momentum to dive a little bit deeper into the pose. So when you are going, so for example, when we, we utilize ujjayi breathing, the breath of the ocean, and so you almost feel as though you're inhaling and it's like a wave, and then a deep exhale is the wave going on to the ocean and then on the shore, and then you inhale and it's like the swell coming in. And the exhale of the wave going out. And so when you do that, you want to match your breath to the movement because that's the nectar and that's where the strength truly does exist. It's within the breath work. You're holding the breath, you're creating strength. But when you're breathing into the asana, when you're breathing in, you're breathing life into the pose, you're breathing life within yourself. And that is the beauty of yoga. Oh my gosh, I can't think of a better way to, to wrap up our, our talk today. That was so eloquent and beautiful. Christina, I am sending you so much love and so much gratitude for joining me here tonight. And we will absolutely be covering um, all these other topics 
over time and more uh, pinpointed detail. We can't wait to share that with all yeah. of you. And Matai, we are going to be specifically focusing on that. I actually have a plank tutorial that teaches you how to breathe through plank as well. But just like I explained, you want to really fulfill yourself with the contraction and the expansion in plank pose because it's a full dynamic body experience. Much love, CP, and I'll see you very soon. I hope to be on another live call very soon. Absolutely, we'll have to uh, we'll have to arrange our our weekly schedules, and it's, this this will be great. Yeah. Awesome. I could talk all about right. yoga all day long, y'all. So, <laughs> so much love. <laughs> have a great night. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for participating in today's wonderful podcast. As always, it's such a joy and an honor to share in the space with all of you and hold the space together as a collective. I invite you to support my life's work on Teachable. For those of you that would like continuing education units, Teachable will be the go-to for your membership. I'm looking forward to growing together and meeting you all. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and introduce yourself. I would love to follow you back and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free classes that are posted weekly. Looking forward to our next chat together and I'll see you online, in person, in an immersion or on this podcast. See you soon. From my heart to yours, much love and namaste.